0: hey listeners of the podcast we've put together an exciting community where you can dive deeper into the content of every single episode and for those of you who join this community from the podcast we'll give you an access to a course we've just put together worth five hundred dollars all yours for free while we're sending this out to our listeners of the podcast simply go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash podcast to be eligible to get this course for free and we look forward to seeing you in the community thanks again for listening and now Enjoy the episode. Welcome back everybody to the Selling with Love podcast. Host here, Jason Mark Campbell. And what I wanted to discuss here is one of the things that I discuss a bit more in my book. When you are a salesperson, it's actually very interesting. I made a formula which made me realize that as the seller, you are actually responsible over so many elements of a sales transaction. Most people forget this. You know, for most of the people I speak to who are afraid of sales, it's actually because it comes with so much of that responsibility. And when you think what are the elements within a sales transaction or a product or a service that's being sold, there's four major things that are at play. There's the cost of what is it that you sell. If it's a product, then there's obviously some raw materials that exist and all of the costs that make it so that you can offer this product and people can have success with the acquisition of that product. That's cost. And if you are the seller, or in most cases, you might be listening to this as the business owner as well, who needs to sell. Well, you do have some responsibility over the costs, how you design the product, what features you include, how much time you invest, if it's a service and all of those actually make up the portion of the cost of what a product is. And that is within your control. The other variable that is very relevant in the sales transaction is actually price. Price is something that you make up. You can literally sell whatever price that you want when you go out there and sell. So how do we find the perfect price? Well, I'll tell you what is an imperfect price is if you go out there and you're selling and your price is lower than the cost, that's not a very successful business. And you'll notice this theme as I'm going to lay out these other two variables as well, is you always want the next variable to be higher than the previous one. Because again, if your price is lower than your cost, well, you're not going to actually be profitable and you're going to go out of business really high. So, we have to make sure that we're selling something where there is a profit margin so you can reinvest in the business, you can compensate yourself, and you can continue to serve and grow. So, you're in control of the cost, you're in control of the price, you're the one who sets it. Yet, you could set a price of $20 million for anything, but the problem is that not a lot of people are going to buy it if there's no value into it, which introduced our first of the fluffy variables. And this is perceived value. Now perceived value is very interesting. This is what is the value the person expects to receive by buying this product or service. And so that's something that's also within your control as a salesperson because all of the marketing material, the sales pages, the copy in the email, the messages you send to people, the conversations you have during a sales talk, That is all about you demonstrating and showing to the potential buyer what is the perceived value. And the key about perceived value is this is imagined all the way to the point of purchase, which will bring us to the last variable. But perceived value, again, something that's so powerful that you also have control over as a salesperson. You can have guarantees in place that make people feel more certain about the value. So there's less risk to it. The perceived value goes up. There is benefits that are going to happen from the transactions. There's results that are going to happen from the purchase that various people will perceive its value differently. And so you get to be in control about that because not only do you control everything that gets said about the product, but you also control who you sell this product to because no two products are perceived the same way. That comes from your understanding of the buyer, the client, and the more you understand them, the more you can speak a language that makes them see that the potential perceived value for this product is much higher than the price. And again, I speak that your perceived value needs to be higher than the price because else you're not going to make any sales. If the price is higher than the perceived value, a sale will not happen. Simple terms here is if I'm selling you a wallet and your need for a wallet right now might be sitting at something like $20. You're like, you know what? Getting a wallet, the value I'll get from that might be around $20. And you're trying to sell a wallet for $500. There's no way a sale is going to happen, but you might be turning to someone who is a multimillionaire and your wallet is a limited edition, you know, feature with some unique leather features that this person would perceive very highly and the $500 for them actually feels like a steal. They actually be ready to see that paying thousands of dollars for a wallet would be valuable to them. And so seeing things at 500 is a deal and so they buy it. So two things around perceived value you need to know. One, you're in control of it based on how you communicate. And two, you're in control of it based on who you present your product or service to. So keep that in mind. Now, I did mention perceived value lives only to the point of the purchase being made. Because the final step in this ladder of control that you have as a salesperson is actually the real value. And the real value is the value that people get the moment they get the product in their hands. And the example with the wallet here is that person who's a multimillionaire thought that this was worth thousands, puts it in their pocket, and there's one of two things that'll happen. One is they'll go, wow, this is worth even more than I was expecting, and I am delighted to own this product. Or they're gonna get disappointed. They'll buy the product and they'll be like, oh, it doesn't live up to my expectations. So again, the real value needs to be even higher than the perceived value so that people can become raving fans and excited about buying your product and service. That's how the word of mouth starts. That's how referrals starts. And that's how you build a more and more successful business. Because if you decided to bring up your perceived value to unrealistic levels where the moment people make the purchase, they're not happy with the results that they got then they're going to have buyer's remorse. You're going to have dissatisfied customers. And here's why you're also in control of the real value. Because as a business owner or a salesperson within a company, you want to make sure that the processes that are in place the moment somebody acquires a product, that it is a great product or a great service. And you're doing the best to make sure that they get real results. And again, the real value, it's kind of interesting You'll never know what the real, real value is for an individual until they actually have the product in their hands. So the best you can do is understand the client as best as possible and see how the product or service really helps them fix the problems that they were having, the moment that they get the product that it actually does serve those problems, and the moment they buy it is only when you'll know for sure. But it's worth taking a risk and there's Things you can do in business, such as having money back guarantees, service standards, statements that ensure that there is going to be a level of quality that not only will make people perceive the value higher, but will also ensure that they feel good about making the product and make that product the best it can possibly be. And again, as a seller, you are in control of all of it. Now, the reason I bring up these four variables, which I think is a beautiful way to look in the business and ask like, okay. How is my cost to the price? Am I making enough money with every sale? And how is my price to the perceived value? Are people buying it? And then what is my perceived value to the real value is? Are people happy when they buy it? Are big questions you want to make sure are always being answered favorably because else we're pointing to a problem in your value chain. What is the one thing that you don't control as the seller? Because that's a lot of things you get to control without the sales transaction. Well, there's one element you don't control, and that is the market. And that will actually affect what is allowed to be perceived as high value or not. Again, using the wallet example, I could be selling a wallet for $500, but if I feel that I can go on Amazon and buy a wallet for $20 that looks, feels, and acts and solves my problem the exact same way as your $500 ones... It's going to be very difficult for me to make some sales at $500. I will have to be more specific, niche down, target, add features that the generic commoditized product doesn't have, but the market is ultimately the one thing you cannot control. So one of the things I would ask you to do, as you've just learned about these four variables, is also to take a moment, a step back and say, do you understand your market?" what choices do people have when they are shopping for similar alternatives or competitors do you know who your competitors are and where do you stand in the marketplace and more important than all of that is as you are selling with love it's not where you stand in the marketplace but really where do you stand out so that you can pick a target market that you can serve beautifully and make sure that you do not get cut by your market and really serve so specifically a key group of people like they've never been served before. And that more often than none will be how you can see this whole equation be beautiful, where you will have lower costs, high price, extremely high perceived value and extremely high real value in a way that you get to serve that specific audience. That's why as we're doing our Prospecting with Love Challenge this week, one of the key things we look at is all of the competitors, the landscape, and see where our customers are hanging out so that we can actually see what conversations are happening and position ourselves to truly solve their problems. And we make sure that we get so specific on who we serve so we can serve them more powerfully. If you're interested in this and so much of the other things we offer on the Selling with Love platform, be sure to check out our webinar that's going to be happening next week where we talk more about how to attract identify and close your ideal clients and prospecting ends up being a very important part of that. So look into the show notes. We're going to have some more details so you can keep going out there, fall in love with selling as you keep selling with love. And of course, stay tuned for some more amazing podcasts. And thanks for listening in. This was your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and I will see you on the next episode of selling with love.